It is Friday. Happy Friday. The best day of the week, y'all. We are back with another edition of the DNVRMs podcast. We are going to talk about some CSU softball today. The Rams uh, won their first two games, had a nice start down in Texas. So we're going to briefly go over that. We're going to talk the craziness that is this situation in Boulder. Mel Tucker uh, might be on the out. So we're going to talk about that. Going to give some thoughts on The Bachelor at the very end. Going to also uh, talk about the Michael Vick 30 for 30. Watched both parts of it. Really, really enjoyed it. Thought it was an incredible production. So really excited to talk about all of this. Uh, but first, we got to talk about Bojo's. The DNVR Rams podcast is presented by Bojo's Pizza. Mentioned DNVR. Get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of any entree. This is good at all Colorado locations. I mean, you can't go wrong with Bojo's. They're a Colorado original. They're an institution. They're as Colorado as it gets. Shout out to Bojo's Pizza. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner. Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. Might have caught you off guard there, changing up the format a little bit. Got to keep you on your toes. Got to keep things fresh. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about this Mel Tucker situation. Definitely caught me off guard Friday night. Uh, before we do, I did want to briefly talk CSU softball. The Rams obviously coming off of a stellar season last spring, off to another good start this year. They went down to Texas A&M to participate in the Texas Classic. This is the third time that they've done so. Last year went undefeated down there, actually. So I uh, really have had a lot of success. Uh, started off this morning, beat Corpus Christi 1-0 in that game. Daniela, uh, excuse me, I almost said Daniela, but Danielle Cerna earned her first shutout of her career in her collegiate debut uh, really, really impressive. Three hits, seven strikeouts. That's big-time stuff in your first-ever college game. Congratulations, Danielle. She did walk uh, five batters in this game, but managed to get out of two different situations with the bases loaded. To me, you know, that's much more impressive. I, I, I would way rather focus on that than the fact that she had walks. I mean, you, you only give up three hits, seven strikeouts in your first game. 
that's big time. More importantly, it shows that you can work with some uh, with some traffic, you know, and and that's ultimately what you're going to have to do at this level. So great, great start to Danielle Cerna's career. Congratulations, that is big time stuff. Rams kept it going in game two against Maryland. In this game, Jessica Jarecki recorded a career-high 10 strikeouts against the Terrapins. That's incredible. Uh, just, to, just to start the season, you know, have a 1-0, a tight game, freshmen come out clutch, and then to follow that up with a victory over a Power 5 program, that's big-time stuff. I mean, CSU softball is on the rise. They're finally going to have a legit facility. I'm really excited for the for the direction of this program a couple other notes from that second game against Maryland. The Rams were trailing for three and a half innings, but once they ended up tying it in the bottom of the fourth, the offense kind of exploded from there. Karina Gamboa led the Rams from the dish. She had a pair of hits and an RBI. A shout out to Jeff Schmidt of CSU Athletics for passing along uh, some of that fun information. The Rams will be back in action on Saturday uh, early, actually, so probably after you've listened to this, to be honest. But they will hit the mound, hit the diamond at 8 a.m. against Lamar. Then they're going to face number six, Texas, at 1 p.m. If you have the Longhorn Network, you can watch that. If not, I will try and find a stream. And, you know, I, I can't advocate for illegal behavior, but, you know, the people got to do what they got to do when it comes to watching their beloved team. So, Great start for the Rams down in Texas. Hopefully they'll be able to keep the hot start going. Definitely a big opportunity coming up against the Longhorns. Just a chance to really, you know, gauge where you're at against one of the nation's premier programs. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not necessarily a a softball expert, but I am going to do my best to keep everyone up to date with what's going on. Definitely going to follow the team. Looking forward to going to some home games. We're hopefully going to have Tara uh, at some games as well. So big time start for the Rams. We'll see how they're able to keep things rolling. Let's just jump right into this Mel Tucker situation here. Now, I know that this is not a CSU coaching situation, so not necessarily what we would normally talk about, but I think you know, most CSU fans are at least paying attention to what is happening over in Boulder. So if you are unaware of what's going on, Chris Solari, hope you hope I pronounced your name right, of the Detroit Free Press reports that Michigan State plans to interview Mel Tucker for its head coaching vacancy. Uh, <laughs> unconfirmed from Michigan State at this point. But according to Solari of the Detroit Free Press, Tucker and Luke Fickle of the University of Cincinnati are the two candidates that they plan to meet with at some point this week. Now, comparing these two candidates, uh, Luke Fickle, 32-20 and 20 at Cincinnati over the last four years, coming off a back-to-back 11-win seasons, has led them to win bowl wins over each of the last two years, both wins over Power 5 programs, all of this referenced by Solari in his article. I shared it on Twitter. It's a free one. You can go and check that out. Always want to credit, you know, the the journalists for their for their hard work. So I appreciate him and I'm not trying to take credit for the work that he did in this. According to Solari, 
Uh, Fickle currently has a $2 million buyout, which is less than Mel Tucker's $3 million buyout. That comes from the Denver Post. Mel Tucker, coming off of his first season in CU, he went 5-7 and seven overall. Um, had, a, had a nice start, ultimately not able to, to make a bowl game. But this is just such an interesting situation. First of all, when you first see it, it's obviously going to invoke an emotional response with the Buffs fans. They're going to be like, what the hell? I mean, it's you've only been here for one year and you already have one foot out the door. And to that, I, I can't really fault anyone that feels that way. I mean, I understand that it's a business. And if Tucker were to leave, he he certainly would not be the first one to take a job and only see it as a stepping stone to get to where he was ultimately trying to go. I think it would be disappointing for a number of reasons. I mean, I understand that most CSU fans, they're, they're laughing at the misery of what's happening. And, you know, I get it. It's, it's an intense rivalry. The Buffs fans would certainly be doing the same thing uh, to CSU if the roles were flipped. I should remind everyone that Bobo interviewed for the Tennessee gig after his first year. Who knows what will happen with Adazio down the line. So, I mean, just be careful throwing stones at glass houses. That's all I'm going to say about that situation. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts on Tucker and and what I think will happen, but also just kind of talk about uh, the context of college football and just this whole coaching situation and how it works. I just... I think it's hypocritical, man. Like, I understand that in most job industries, if you had an opportunity to go to a arguably better company for more money, you'd do it. And so by that logic, it would be, you know, kind of hypocritical, I think, for all of us to criticize coaches for for leaving. But the other argument is obviously that players don't have the same liberty I know it's much easier to transfer in 2020 than it's ever been. You know, you can still play in four games and still go and, and not use a, not lose a year of eligibility. So it's, it's changing. It's becoming more flexible, but it's just so ironic. I mean, you just had National Signing Day. You're not even a week away from National Signing Day, and you're already, you know, out trying to get a better job. How could anyone that you just recruited ever believe you again in terms of loyalty i mean how can you preach loyalty and we're trying to build this and we're gonna bring see you back and just buy into me and i care for you not just you know as a football player but as a man as a person except for you know if i get this better opportunity a week from now i don't know i just i hate it and i get that i'm jaded a little bit from the process i you know just the whole way McElwain left for florida that was when I was an intern for the football team and I just saw firsthand how many people it screwed over. And so, you know, ever since then, I've been a little just frustrated, I guess, with how this whole process works. I guess I really started paying more attention to it at that point and just, you know, kind of how shady the whole college football uh, coaching carousel can be. It should be, I should mention, you know, None of this is confirmed at this point, so it's possible that Solari or the Detroit Free Press, that their sources are wrong. I have no reason to doubt their sources. At this point, I don't, you know, and until I see something that 
comes out against it, I'm just inclined to to believe this guy. I, I looked at him. I mean, you can you never know if it's coming from somebody that you don't follow if you're unfamiliar with, but you can check out. You know, the the organization that it's coming from and the Detroit Free Press obviously has, you know, a history. And so for that, I'm I'm inclined to believe him. I will say Ryan Cohensberg, one of my coworkers, one of my bosses, he reports that nobody confirms at CU what's going on. Tucker's at a fundraising event in CU for San Diego. Saw that on Twitter tonight. So it's possible that he's going to go out to East Lansing later this week. I don't know. It's just a just a weird situation in general. There's always the possibility that this information is is total BS and it's just his agent trying to angle for a raise. But at three years, fifteen million, I just I don't know, man. Or five excuse me, five years, fifteen million. I don't know how much more CU would be willing to pay him. I mean, maybe you're able to throw another million on there, but is that really what you want to do? Is that really how you want to, you know, establish your relationship with the board of regents and everybody, especially, you know, there's some board, there's some board members over in Boulder that are not particularly thrilled with the football program or really the, the history of what's happened over the last, you know, 12, 15 years. Is it the agent's job to, to try and get his client more money? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, if I was a coach, that's probably what, you know, I, I would want. And quoting Jerry Maguire, movie week, show me the money. But, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at this from the other situation, if I'm a, an employee at CU, if I'm on the board of regents, or even if I'm just a fan, just look at it, you know, even more simple than that. If, if I'm just a Buffs fan, what what comes to mind is is if you're willing to leave after one year, how committed were you in the first place? Maybe that's unfair. Maybe, you know, Michigan State is a is a dream job. Mel's from Ohio. Maybe he wants to go back. Worked previously at Michigan State as a GA under Nick Saban. Worked at Ohio State before he went to the NFL. So it, it's all possible that it's, you know, it's just that's where he's always wanted to be. Didn't expect it to happen. It's too good of an opportunity to turn down, yada, yada, yada. That that may be fair. But it's also definitely fair to look at it from the fan's perspective and just be like, what the hell? Because I'll be honest, that's how that's how I would feel. If, you know, all if let's say Steve Adazio goes seven and five, eight and four, and the Kansas State job opens up or something like that. I'm just I'm trying to think of a, a comparison that would be somewhat fitting just because I do think Michigan State from a league is definitely a step up from the Pac-12. I, I don't really think there's any argument about that. The Big Ten is superior to the Pac-12. I'm not sure that Michigan State is the best job in that league. It's a good job normally. I mean... I will say it seems like there's some shady stuff going around just with the way, I don't just the sudden retirement and, and everything that's happened in the last couple of years with the USA gymnastics stuff and everything and, and Larry Nasser. It just, I don't know. It seems like some, some skeletons are about to be dug up over in East Lansing. 
so from that perspective, is it really worth leaving? Is it is it worth going to a crap storm when you have a not the best gig in America, but a decent gig at CU, a, a place where you theoretically could win a national championship? Now, I think the, the Pac-12 has to come a long ways. They need to improve as a whole. But it's just a it's just a fascinating situation, and I'm definitely going to have my eyes on it closely. I know all of you will as well. There have definitely been some some quality Twitter jokes being posted this evening. I'm not hating. I'm just observing. Interesting, interesting situation. My condolences to the Buffs fans. I get how frustrating this process can be. I know CSU fans were pissed when Bobo interviewed for the Tennessee job. They would be pissed, like I said, next year if Adazio interviewed for another job, but just something to something to keep your eyes on. Definitely not what I was expecting on this Friday night. Definitely not how I was planning to uh, spend this podcast. I was planning on doing this whole thing on movies, watched a bunch of them today, took all these notes. So we're going to do movie week or movie night, movie day, whatever I want to call it tomorrow. And I'm just going to kind of give my input on some of these all-time sports movies going to give an update on Mountain West hoops as well. But before I do that, going to spend my Friday night cracking open an ice cold. Got to go with the vanilla porter. You know, I've always been somewhat of a simpleton when it comes to beer selections. I was not exposed to the the most, we'll just say the, the most diverse selection of beers growing up. First started drinking, it was, you know, Bud Light, basic stuff like that. Eventually, I realized, hey, if I want to impress the ladies, I got to branch out. How can you not impress the ladies with something like this? Listen to this description. A real vanilla beans from Madagascar combined with caramel and Munich malts to create a beer that's balanced and flavorful. Aromas of vanilla and toasted grains set the stage for mellow flavors of vanilla and dark roasted malts. Don't let its deep mahogany color fool you. Vanilla porter is dark in color and packed with flavor. Yet it is as smooth as they come and easy to enjoy at any time of the year. I'm certainly going to be enjoying them this weekend. I've been battling a cold all week. Can probably still hear it in my voice, but starting to feel a little bit better. So, you know, I don't think it's going to kill me. A little bit of brew brew, a little bit of beer beer. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but hey, shout out to Breckenridge. Moving on with the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Remember, you can get a free cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. Just tell them that the DNVR family sent you Bojo's. Mm, I could go for a slice right now. We had so much Bachelor this week. Now, I talked about it a lot the other day, so I'm not really going to spend that much time on it. I want to talk more about the Michael Vick 30 for 30 but McKenna, Tammy, and Sydney all eliminated. I'm sorry if you haven't watched yet. That's on you. But my least favorites, I'll send home in one incredible episode. Finally, finally, we can get rid of these terrible, terrible individuals. No offense. Actually, 100% offense. They were terrible and they deserve to know it. Uh, Victoria F. just doesn't seem like she's in it. I don't really understand why Pete offered her a rose. She was 
one of my front runners early. I I really enjoyed watching her, and I thought she was you know kind of normal compared to some of the other characters. But I don't know. She just seems so wishy washy. That'd be super frustrating. Pete doesn't seem like he's into it. It seems like he's just keeping her around because everybody else that's just so chaotic and he doesn't really know what else to do. But I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it goes from here. I, I kind of feel like there's going to be less drama now, though, and that's kind of disappointing. But I'm sure there, there'll there be plenty of, plenty of chaos. But I, I want to talk more about the Michael Vick 30 for 30. Uh, there's, it's two-parter, so if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. I, If you haven't watched it, I don't really think this conversation is going to spoil it for you. There's not necessarily like new information in there, uh, but it was just an incredible production. Really captured, one, you know how incredible Mike Vick was on the field, how dominant he was uh, starting in his high school days, going through Virginia Tech all the way you know, to the Atlanta Falcons where he was you know, undoubtedly the most exciting player in the NFL. I mean, my little brother in like the third grade his first NFL jerseys, a Michael Vick jersey. We had Madden rules. I mean, you you couldn't play with the Falcons. It just wasn't fair. This guy was unstoppable. He's the fastest dude on the field. He can throw the ball 60 yards. He really was a Madden cheat code. But the thing was is it was accurate. He did it in real life. I mean, they show some of these plays. And I watched it growing up, and I was definitely a, a Mike Vick fan growing up until you know, stuff went down, then I would say I probably flipped for five, six years. I There was a, a stage where I really, really disliked Michael Vick. And that's what makes him such a, such a fascinating person is I've kind of come full circle on him. Now, I, I still think what he did was wrong. I don't really think there's, I, I know it's a complicated situation. I'll say this. I, I understand that you know, he had a lot of bad influences. I understand that there's a cultural aspect of this that maybe that I'm not completely uh, educated on. So I'm so, I'm somewhat ignorant in that regard. But just, you know, from an animal cruelty perspective, as, as a human, as someone that loves dogs, you know, they, they showed some videos of the kennels and the, and the situation that they had and they had you know, like an infirmary to get rid of the dogs and just truly sickening, sickening stuff. It was a much larger scale operation than I realized. I mean, like I said, a lot of this happened when I was growing up. So I I remember Mike Vick going to jail and I remember it just being a huge deal. Um, And I remember how angry everyone was. I just, that was the other thing that the 30, 30, 30 for 30 did a great job of capturing just how pissed off everyone was about Mike Vick. I mean, he went from being one of the most popular players in the league, one of the highest paid athletes in all of pro sports to a guy that had nothing to a guy that was, you know, in jail for 23 months. And it was just crazy. I mean, the, the whole situation is, is insane. And I understand that there are some people that are never going to be able to forgive him because what he did was, was awful. And if that's how you feel, I think that's, I think that's fair because like I said, when, you know, when you do something like this, you deserve to be held accountable for your actions. But the thing about Mike Vick is 
he's done absolutely everything in his power since the day that he got out to be a better person, not just, you know, be a better football player. And it's impressive that he was able to, to revive his career in Philadelphia and then be a backup in New York and Pittsburgh. But just Mike Vick as a man to, to see somebody that genuinely seems remorseful. I mean, I I've never met Michael Vick and obviously this is a production. So to an extent they're trying to, I think, get you to come to this conclusion. That's kind of what I, the sense that I gathered, it was, meant to to highlight everything but i think it really it just really illustrates the fact that he's been able to have this second life and be involved with the humane society and speak to kids and talk about you know the dangers of getting involved with the wrong people or making the wrong decisions or you know just being a mentor and being a, being a great example of somebody who hit rock bottom you know literally and was able to to climb out of it, and I, I just I don't know I was I was very impressed. I will I think he he gets it. I mean that was the thing that was also just so intriguing about it is he doesn't shy away. He's just you know everything I did was wrong. He admits you know that he lied to everyone, and I just I think that's so hard. I think I think that's so impressive to to be able to do that to go you know on national TV and be like. I, I just flat out messed up. I lied to everyone. I know I was selfish. I didn't want to go to jail. I was wrong. It's, you know, you, you guys get it. I think everyone gets it as human beings. It's, it's hard to admit when you're wrong. We have egos. We're fragile. But, you know, Mike has done the most to, to, make, to make the most of his second opportunity. And I really respect that. I really, really do because I think there are just so many examples of you know, individuals who unfortunately they get incarcerated and the system breaks them. And I'll admit that Mike Vick is, is more fortunate than a lot of folks that, you know, go behind bars. He had the benefit of being famous and coming out. He had people in his corner fighting for him, which is not always the case. And that that's really crappy, to be honest. I, I think there's, you know, there's a an intense debate to be had about that. I'm not trying to get too political here, but just the fact that Mike was able to pull himself up, the fact that he was able to admit that he was wrong and that he was able to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk is, is very impressive to me. And I, I highly recommend this 30 for 30. I love every 30 for 30. There's literally not one that I've ever watched that I didn't enjoy. There are certainly ones that I like more than others, but just incredible always. And I highly, highly recommend it. Like I said, we will be back tomorrow, going to be talking movies. Uh, the way this whole movie bracket thing has worked out has has been insane. Much love to Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore. That is not a top four sports movie of all time. It's just not. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. But just wanted to start off with some softball info. Then obviously we had to talk about this Mel Tucker situation. Hope everybody has a safe Friday night. It is snowy as hell out there. Be safe. Last thing I want is to, you know, read that one of you guys, one of the the DNVR family got in a wreck or something like that. It's just, just ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? That's, that's really how I've gotten as I've gotten older. I understand that life goes on. We live in a state where it snows. Sometimes you got to go out, you got to go to work. You know, it, it is what it is, but 
there's some instances where, you know, if it's avoidable, maybe just stay in the house. Maybe just, you know, turn on a, a couple episodes of the DNVR Rams podcast and crack open a couple of Breckenridge brews. I don't know. That's that's just me, though. To order a pizza, I mean, get on Grubhub and get some Bojos. Do your thing. Watch the Aaron Hernandez doc on Netflix. Watch Miracle. Watch Field of Dreams. I don't know. Just stay inside. Stay snuggled up. Stay safe. But whatever you do, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Got plenty of college hoops to talk about over the next couple of days. We'll have uh, some more articles coming out as well. I've been busy with some staff meetings and stuff over the last couple of days, but excited to get back into the swing of things. Word. Good night. Stay warm. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's Got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like non